why are we listening to people that would have clinical diagnoses as the forefront <laughs> right. representatives of a religion right. of, a, of, a, of right. a faith? It doesn't right. really make sense. You know? Yeah, totally. We don't think of the KKK as, you know, the well, Could you imagine that? Could you <laughs> yeah. imagine if, could you imagine if, like, there, there were the, 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 imagine the KKK are doing crimes in the name of Christianity and every Christian that comes onto television to talk about it is a member of the KKK or a sympathizer of them or an ex-Christian who left Christianity because they said the KKK were too crazy. Would like, if, I would never, I would never try, if I wanted to learn about Buddhism, I would never go to an ex-Buddhist who now hates the religion or, a, uh, or an ex-Buddhist terrorist who now, you know, is reformed. That would not be my go-to person if I wanted to learn about the beauty and wisdom and uh, beliefs of Buddhism. You know who I would go to? I would go to the Dalai Lama. Yeah. May Allah preserve him. You know, I would go to Thich Nhat Hanh of the Zen Buddhist tradition. And I, there's probably more great Buddhist leaders that I'm not aware of, but I'd find out who they are and I'd go and study with them. I'd, I'd say, hey, let's ask you, like, what's really going on here? And those people do exist in Islam, but they're unheard of in the West. And I don't know why. But like Sheikh Abdullah bin Baya, or Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, who's an American, he's from California. He's a great, you know, he, he knows the religion well. He'll never support or say anything to do with terrorism or, or any of this evil stuff. It, it just it doesn't work that way. You are listening to What We Should Have Learned in School. In true What We Should Have Learned in School fashion today, I'm being as honest as I possibly can be. I feel absolutely compelled to share the interview I did with my colleague, Mamoon. And I probably need to apologize to Mamoon because we conducted this interview two years ago and I never released the episode. And that was because of my own fears about how people would react. Because of the fact that every person has their own unique experience of reality based on their beliefs, based on their life experiences, it seems inevitable that people will misunderstand me when I talk about important world issues. And that's because people tend to make the automatic assumption that just because I'm saying something unfamiliar to them, that I'm somehow against them personally. And I got to be honest, that scares me. Because for some people, when, when they really believe you're against them, they they look at you as a threat and they act violently towards you. But I'll clarify, just for the sake of saying it, even though I know this won't change the fact that some people are really going to misunderstand me, but I'm not against you. Can, can we get on the same page here to agree that there are things in our world that can be improved? Do we have that in common, you and I? And the issues that we face in this world, they're too big. They're too important to not talk about. I mean, in particular, I'm always horrified by the acts of violence that continue to occur in our world. And as of late, a lot of these violent attacks have either targeted people who are non-believers of Islam or they've targeted Muslims. And it's all atrocious. And the world doesn't have to be this way. I'm horrified 
by what's happened in New Zealand. The people that were murdered there were not monsters. And I really recommend that you check out the article I've linked in the show notes. Learn about who these people were. Look at their photos. Read about their ambitions and their dreams. Because the first step that we can take towards change is we begin to humanize one another again. So I invite you, just for the next few minutes, don't go into your memory banks about what you've heard already about the religion of Islam. Just a few minutes. You can, you can pick back all your other beliefs up right after today's show. Just for the next few minutes, keep an open mind. Because we're going to hear straight from the horse's mouth, per se. Today we're speaking with someone who is actually a devout Muslim. And he happens to be a very successful, transformative life coach and author. So please, can we just take a few minutes today to listen to a sane person speak about what's going on within the Islamic religion? And towards the end of the series, we're going to actually talk about what we can all do moving forward to promote change. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Today, we have a special guest. It's not going to be just me blabbing in your ear today. We're with Mamoon Yusuf. He is the author of Hay House's new title, Inside the Soul of Islam. So I'm sure that this is going to be in some ways controversial. We're hoping it's going to be an enlightening and kind of eye-opening. Maybe enlightening is a little too far for us to (laughs) to stretch Mamoon, but at least eye-opening and thought-provoking kind of exploration on what we should have learned in school as it pertains to the way we relate to one another. So Mamoon, I'm going to let you take it away. You know, for you, as you become an adult and you see the conflicts that occur sometimes with basis in religion, or at least that's what is stated, you know, what Mm. are the type of things that you wish were being taught in schools? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Not that that's a you know, loaded in, question. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a way, really, the whole book that I wrote, Inside the Soul of Islam, it's kind of the stuff that I just wish everyone growing up in the West would know about Islam. Because, you know, in the West, nobody has yet, or, or few people have the idea in their head that if somebody's brought up a Christian, they're going to be a dangerous person, or that they're more likely to be a terrorist or that they're more likely to be violent, or that their religion is bad or evil. There's pretty much everybody grows up with the understanding, well, Jesus, peace and blessings be upon him, was an amazing man who was very enlightened, and that's why people follow what he taught. And, you know, they'll, you know, you think of Jesus, you think forgiveness, peace, enlightenment. You know, you think of Buddha, you immediately think of enlightenment. Um, And, yeah, for some reason, even though the essential teachings of Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, were the same as the other prophets and messengers and uh, enlightened people, for some reason, it just doesn't click the same, you know? And so in the book, I just, I, I just say, hey, here are all the values of Islam, you know? Uh, loving kindness, peace, presence, uh, wisdom, you know, uh, resilience, gratitude, forgiveness. The, these are the values of all religions. Um, but I think what's been happening in the West is that because there's been... Uh, well, obviously, because some people have decided to, <laughs> they didn't know how to deal with their emotions and they decided to blow stuff up, right? Uh, because of that, and, you know, they do that and then say, hey, we're doing it because we're Muslim, and then they run, they run away or blow themselves up or whatever. And because of that, um, I think that there's, there's generally, there's just not this um, 
it's so obvious to anyone who's Muslim that the religion of Islam is a religion of peace and love and beauty and wisdom. And that is so not obvious. It's, because, it's almost becoming more not obvious to people in uh, to people around me, even in the coaching community, you know, even in, you know, people who are into spiritual growth and stuff like that. When I introduce myself as, um, you know, the author of this book, people are like, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So what I'm really trying to say here is that the, the values of all religions and spiritual traditions are very similar. And, you know, love for your brother, what you love for yourself, wish for humanity, what you wish for yourself. Uh, love those on a, you know, the, those who love are loved by the most loving. So love those on earth and those in heaven will love you. These are all sayings of the prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, that you just don't hear on the news. And because we're so attuned to what happens on the news, I'm not so attuned to any kind of deep exploration of what's behind what's happening, you know, or certainly when it comes to religion, I mean, nobody cares about religion when it's peaceful. People only care about it when it sounds like it's going to be violent, you know? Um, so I think it's just a matter of airtime. Mm. I don't know where the question started and I, <laughs> I don't even know if I answered it. Could you repeat <laughs> the question or, you know? What? Sure, sure. I'll repeat it again. I, of course, I kind of feel compelled to add my, my view of this too. I, I, I just want to say, I also find it very curious especially when i go home and watch american news mm. you know you have a bunch of people in a room talking about the religion of islam that are not practicing the religion <laughs> so yeah. they're making all of these assumptions it's almost yeah. like i envision the game of telephone you know you played when you were a kid it's like by yeah. the time that that final message gets around to the 20th person it's completely wackadoodle off track so I'm wondering yeah. if you can say more about that because I know listeners, I, I'm sure, and I'm going to invite listeners actually to check in right now, you know, is there an internal dialogue going on in your head as Mamoon is speaking? You probably have a little voice that's either completely disagreeing, agreeing, curious, nothing's wrong with any of it, but just check in to where you are and begin to mm. tune in and listen again. So oh, that's, a, that's a beautiful recommendation. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's really where we get stuck. And this is what I'm so struck by. And, you know, the fact that no one is really listening. I mean, also when I watch the news or when I even go to business meetings, CEOs mm -hmm. are stepping all over the opinions of other people. No one's really listening. So mm -hmm. one other question before we get to the kind of what we should have learned in school theme is some of the phrases I hear some of these news anchors throw out are things like, jihad and infidel can you mm. please point some light on <laughs> what those really entail yeah uh absolutely thank you for just bringing these up i think the real problem isn't jihad the real problem is that no one really <laughs> that i've ever met in the west really has any idea what muslims actually mean when they say that you hear like the terrorist version but that's absolutely not what we believe jihad Let's go linguistically, and then I'll explain physical and then spiritual jihad, right? So linguistically, the word means to struggle. Uh, the kind of implication, it's the struggle to do the right thing, even when it's the hardest thing to do. That's the basic definition of jihad. So waking up early to go to the gym, that's jihad. 
you know, eating healthy food instead of fast food that's going to harm your body. That's jihad. If it's a struggle for you to do it, but you know it's ultimately the best thing for you to do, then it, it's automatically jihad. Um, that's what the word means. Okay, so like praying five times a day for a Muslim to do that's jihad. It's a hard thing to do. You got to got to rearrange your whole life around it. Um, serving humanity in whatever way you do it. If it, any, I've been writing like I'm going to be talking a lot about the book because I just finished writing it. <laughs> like uh, it's it, literally they're going to stop send it to print tomorrow. So that was jihad for me to write that book to like take everything I know about a subject that I've been studying for 20 years and turn it all into one book that's easily accessible for everyone. That was really hard. In fact, it was a lot harder than I thought. And in a way, you know, that was my jihad. Um, so what does it mean? Now, I know nobody, nobody is it's almost just like, yeah, okay, so that's what the word means. But come on, t- tell me the real stuff. What are they talking about on the news, right? So there is physical combative jihad. And the most important thing to understand about that is this. Jihad is never, ever killing an innocent person. Jihad is being willing even to sacrifice your own comfort or your own life even in order to protect innocent lives. That's jihad in a nutshell. So if a crazy person runs into a room wielding an axe trying to kill people, it's my duty as a believing Muslim to try and protect the innocent people and to stop the person with the, with the axe. You know, I remember the, the most viral Facebook post I ever posted was right after the Charlie Hebdo thing, where these people were, you know, just going around killing people. Insanity, right? They're just going around killing innocent people, which is completely forbidden, by the way, before, before people ask. So it's, it's amazing to me that people don't realize that murder is forbidden in a religion. It's a religion. Of course it is. Okay. Distraction. Okay. So this man goes and he's, you know, trying to kill someone. And then there's this police officer who tries to stop him and gets, uh, he gets murdered. And his name was Ahmed Morabit. So I immediately wrote on Facebook. Um, I said, this was an honorable man. And what this man, Ahmed Morabit, did was the true Muslim jihad. He was willing to sacrifice his own life in order to protect the innocent people in France, the innocent people at, working at the Charlie Hebdo magazine. That's the jihad that every Muslim believes in. That's the jihad we wish would be on the news. But see, when that was on the, when that was on the news, nobody called it jihad, right? Um, whereas when it's the, the person who is going around killing innocent people shouting Allah, you know, that people would associate with jihad, even though that's the antithesis of it. In order to make this as easily accessible as possible to more people, especially the busy people, we're going to stop part one here. But in part two, Mamoon goes much deeper into the concept of combative jihad. And we'll start answering the question that might be on your mind. Uh, if it's as peaceful as Mamoon says it is, why do we always see that Muslim people are blowing up buildings or murdering other people in the name of their religion? So stay tuned for part two. The link to part two is in the show notes. <laughs>